Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. Good Saturday morning and welcome to KMOX Helitech Home Improvement Show. Thanks for tuning in today. And I am Rich Orris filling in for Scott Mosby who's out on assignment today. And don't worry because... You know, I've got Scott's back here today for the next two hours. Anything you may need, you can give me a call today, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 from far away. So why am I here? What do I do? What, what am I, what's even going on? Well, so a little bit about myself. I am a senior home consultant for Mosby Building Arts. Um, I've been basically what you might say run through the mill, trained by and working with Scott Mosby for 20 years this October. So I started in the field as a carpenter, project manager, running jobs, buying out products for jobs, scheduling, um, getting to build some of the best remodels in St. Louis. Um, so you might say I've been, you know, thrown through the ringer, hand washed, tumbled dry, and kind of put on the shelf by Scott Mosby himself. So, you know, about my training, you know, what we go through at Mosby and, and what makes us, you know, want to do stuff like this and want to help and and really want to to be a great advisor. So, you know, I have over 30 years experience in the remodeling industry. And, uh, you know, after some extensive training with the company, I have, you know, a five-star certification in roofing, siding, and moisture management, um, Energy Star certification, uh, Building Performance Institute trained, um, LSWP certified renovator, that's lead safe work practices, so, you know, uh, we, we got a lot going on and a lot of things that we know. We've learned about the home scientifically, what should be done, what shouldn't be done. As a, as a company, as a whole, you know, we're members of a lot of different organizations. You know, the National Association of Home Builders, the Better Business Bureau, and we have a, a, a handful of, you know, graduate remodeler certifications and, and different things like that you know, as a company also as a whole. So you can find out, if you want to find out anything about me, myself, you can go to our website at callmosby.com or you can just look look for me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm all over all of those at Rich Oris or just search Rich Oris Mosby on Facebook um, or LinkedIn. It'll take you right to me. You can find out everything that you would like to know. And, you know, so for today, for the next two hours, I've got a lot of information for you. We can run through, go over, but my primary job today, just like, you know, all five days through the week, what I'm trying to to do, help figure out is, you know, what ails you about your home? What kind of remodeling project are you looking for? You know, are you getting ready for a party or a wedding or an anniversary? you know, maybe trying to spruce things up before, you know, Thanksgiving coming up. Well, let's talk about all of that and more, you know, maybe we can find some things if there's anything that you're unsure about that you've always, you know, wondered about with your home. I'm here for the next two hours. Again, you can reach me at 314 436 
800-925-1120 or 800-925-1120. And, you know, on the way in, I'm listening to the station. I'm listening to to Rick Edelman talk about um, how long we're expected to live now and how the life expectancy has changed. And if you didn't hear it, boy, was it really, really interesting. And, of course, you know, he puts a lot of spin on your retirement and thinking about, you know, how long that's going to last and how long you need it to last. And, you know, one of the the things that he said was in in this century, there's a 68% chance that someone outlives the longest person, you know, that's ever lived in age. There's a, there's a chance that someone reaches 127 years old in the next, you know, 79 years, which I found extremely interesting. But it, what it does for me is it also makes you think not just retirement, but your home. You know, now not only do you need your money to last, you need your home to last. You need to know, you know, what's going on around your home, maintenance, um, what do you have to do to make that last and work for you and, you know, just be what you need it to be, you know, for the next, who knows, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Now you go to 127, you need a home to last a very, very, very long time. I can't even think I can stress that even closely enough. So we can talk about things like that and all of that and more today, and we can uh, answer your questions too. So let's go straight to the phones and go to Ann here and uh, see what she has going on for us today. Um, Ann, are you there? Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, thanks for calling in. What do you got going on today? Okay, Mr. Mosley mentioned a couple of times that he uses Rid X in his home monthly. So I bought the box, and it's granule. It's not now. My friend has the liquid. I don't know whether that's any different, but he said to use one tablespoon to two cups of warm water and pour it down the drain. Does he mean in the kitchen drain, the bathtub drain, the the bathroom drain, the sink? I mean, you know, I, I'm confused because on the box it says to pour the whole box in the toilet and flush it twice and you should do that monthly yes so i I don't know (laughs) what to do sure absolutely i can help explain that between the box and the theory because the box the instructions on the box are meant for a septic system and that's this stuff is actually you know put out there and designed to help you know clear out and keep clear a septic field, a septic system, the septic tank all outside the home. So it makes more sense to put that whole box, flush it down and get it out of the home as fast as you can. But, you know, what Scott's theory has been for, for years is there's a lot of different pipes inside the home that collect all this same stuff. It sticks to the sides. It does all that. So, you know, it, it's a good thing to get these enzymes in all of those pipes in the home and let them kind of do their job in, in all of the pipes. So where he's kind of talking about in the home is actually everywhere. So if you do like the two cups with a tablespoon, mix it up and everything and pour it into each sink, each toilet, each shower or tub drain, do a cup of that in each area, and it will help get them into all of the pipes 
that lead their way to the main pipes and then work their way out. Okay, that's no problem. I just didn't know whether I would take the two cups of warm water and I'll mix it with the tablespoon of Ritex, shake it up and dissolve it. Okay, do I pour the whole two cups down one drain and then do it again for another drain? Because that's no problem to do. I just want to do it the right way. Yes, nope, that's exactly what he's talking about. Do one of those two cups in, in each sink, each drain of the home. And, and that'll help keep things cleared, and, and they'll, you know, eat all that gooky stuff off the sides of all those pipes everywhere. Now, so, do I run water after I put it in the, the you know, in the drain? Do I run water? No, you or? don't really need to. You can, okay. you know, I would flush the toilet once if, when you do it in the toilet. But in the sinks, it's going to go into that P-trap. It's going to kind of sit in that P-trap. And then when you go to use those sinks... It will slowly work that down and through and into the pipes. So I, I, you don't really need to run them to flush it through because you'll you'll do that naturally over the course of the next month. Okay, so just that's pour good. it in and leave it, and then as you use it, it'll work. Okay, that's all I want to know. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Thank you, and great question. Something we've been talking about for a really, really long time here, and, and great advice you know, from from my uh, my friend, my mentor, my exhorter, Scott Mosby, who's you know taught me a ton of things over the years, and that is just another one of those things over the years that we've discussed and and talked about and everything. So, if you have anything else going on, anything you need, feel free, give us a call. I'm here. We got. Two more hours left, 314-436-7900. I think we're going to get into our first break here, and we'll take that break and hopefully get some more calls and some more topics for you when we return right after this. Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. All right, we are back. Rich Orris here, filling in for Scott on the Helitech Home Improvement Show today. Got a lot of great things uh, going on. Um, you know, we uh, were talking about, you know, kind of maintenance. Um, had the call from Ann about the Ridex. Wanted to make sure, you know, she was performing that correctly um, and making sure, you know, doing what Scott advised for all of that. And, you know, that maintenance is very important. Like we were talking about, if you, if, you know, you live longer, you're in your home longer, you need to stay there longer. These are some of those things that, you know, we'll just need to do to, uh, keep and maintain that house. So the longer you're in there, the more likely these drains are going to clog up. So doing a little maintenance to keep them healthy and fresh and, in working and running through is a great idea. So we have Ed on the line has a, a Ridex related question. Also, Ed, are you with us? Yeah, yes, sir. I am a 71 year old man who lives in St. Louis Hills. I own a two family, and the downstairs unit is vacant. I live in the upstairs unit, and I'm, I'm looking for a tenant. But, but, but. I notice I uh, my toilet on uh, my upstairs unit was not running as good, so I took off the lid, and the lid has mold around the top of it 
do you see? So I took off the lid on the upstairs unit. The downstairs unit has been vacant. I put the, the, the lid that's clean on top of it. Now I'm trying to get the mold off the original one. Are, are you with me? Sure, yes, absolutely. And, 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 and I'll tell you what I've done. I put it in the downstairs tub and let it lay there and put it in a mixture of tide and water, and I'm going to let it lay there. But what's the most effective way to get that mold off? Because I don't want mold in my bathroom, do I? Yes. No, you, you absolutely do not want mold in your bathroom. The, the more you can control that, the better off you're, you're definitely going to be. Um, but, you know, what I, what, I, what I think I see here is really um, going to be a little bit of a hard battle because, you know, that, that, that lid, that toilet tank lid on the inside is, is kind of porous, um, you know, and, and, and it doesn't have that shiny, glossy coat that's so easy to, to clean off and not have things stick to. So I see this mold sticking really, really well. Can I, can I interrupt for a second? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've had these two uh, um, toilets replaced by plumbers. And okay. they are good toilets. They are brand. They're not the old toilets. They are good toilets. They are clean. They are made for multi. You know, they're made for this unit. Do sure. you say? It's yeah. in, I'm in St. Louis Hills. Do, do you see? Oh uh-huh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I, I'm. Uh, anyway, I'm St. Louis Hills, and I, I'm fortunate. I can afford the very best because That's I good. can. Well, yeah. No kidding. It's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I grew up down by the brewery, and people down by the brewery, I wouldn't live right there right now. Do you see? Yeah. But do you see? But times sure. are a-changing, and, and, and what you want to do is get the, if you can afford the best, buy the best. And I think what you are doing are saying to people who can afford the best, this is what you should do. And you, yes, you, you and Mr. The guy who's normally there. Yeah. Do, do provide a service for people. Sure. And, yeah. And, happy and, to. And I thank you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Um, so, so looking at that tank lid, um, I think your your soaking and your cleaning is going to be good. Another, you know, detergent type stuff that might help work with that is bleach. So doing like a a fifty percent, you know, bleach solution to soak it in and and scrub it a little bit. Um, it will definitely help clean that off of there. But if you see a little bit of that kind of stained and not really a hundred percent coming off, and you may because it could be hard to get it off of that, you know, rough porcelain on the inside once you've cleaned it as much as you can try the tide stuff you're doing try the bleach um, and let that soak and clean for a while you got to be careful with the smells and stuff with the bleach you don't you know you want to ventilate well or whatever um, but you know try that and then if you still see some of that discoloration and you ju- it just like it won't clean off no matter what I would literally spray that with like a um, some kind of lacquer 
or something to kind of coat it and and just cover it up and seal it into there. And that way you're not going to see it if it's on the underside of the lid and that lacquer kind of coating will seal over it and not let those mold spores, you know, get back out of that porcelain or regrow as easily when it's in a really damp, wet and dark environment once it's on the back of the toilet again. Let let me just mention that the good thing about uh, these are very, very white fixtures. Do you see? The mold is not white, is it? Mold is going to, you can see the mold because it's not white. Yeah. Do you see? It's that contrast because when I took off the bottom, the one that hasn't been used for a long time, it was as white as anything. And you can see the difference between black and white. Oh, yes. Ab- absolutely, yeah. So so when the lid's on, do you see it on the outside of the lid, too? I, really, you have told me what I need to do. Because okay. I, uh, but but you, you, you have provided a very valuable service to an old man today. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I, I really appreciate that, Ed. Good question. Good call. Um, and doing the right thing. And as we always kind of, kind of, you know, talk about, you know, um, you get what you pay for, do your research, get educated, find out, you know, what is going to be the best. So when you really, you know, find out about, you know, like Ed was talking about toilets and how they work and how they function and getting to a little bit better version, if you can, flushes better, works better, uses way less water than a really old toilet used to, and is just a great thing to do. So, you know, the advice isn't just run around and spend your money and buy the most expensive thing on everything that you do, but do the research and find out what it's all about because spending a little bit more, like Ed was talking about on that toilet, that can actually buy you, you know, money in the future that you're not going to spend um, that, you know, less maintenance, less issues with it, not replacing it sooner. If you can get it to last longer, you know, it always costs more to do it twice than it does to, to do it one good time and do it correctly. So definitely something to, you know, think about in terms of what you're purchasing for your plumbing and how long it's going to last. And of course you want to think about, you know, how long do you plan on staying in your home, you know, and, and that sort of thing. When, when you're looking and, and purchasing items like that, you want to buy something that's going to last really, really well for you for, for a long time to come, you know. So there's a lot of different maintenance issues like that that really are important to pay attention to and you know, work on and watch out for mold. And, you know, that's the sort of thing we're advising all the time is, you know, you you may not always know how to fix it. You may not always, you know, know what you're looking for, but if you just look for it, you, you may just find it. So if you walk around the house, you know, have you walked around and, and looked at your roof to see if it just looks like anything is going on? If there's you know, darker spots in an area, or does it look like there's maybe a shingle tab missing? You know, look at the gutters. Do they look like they're still attached? Well, you don't need to install gutters 
to kind of see, you know, wow, that looks like it's about to fall off or it, is it leaning that way? You know, is there little trees growing out of them? Is there, you know, maintenance and things like that to take care of? Because getting that, that water away from the home, making sure it doesn't infiltrate the home, you know, basically Mother Nature's here to tear your home down and bring it back to the ground, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's that's her job. And she uses water to do that very effectively. And so having those things working and functioning and doing that maintenance is extremely, extremely important to you and your home and the lasting value of being there for a really long time. So again, we're going to get into our middle of the hour break here, but if you have anything going on like Ann and Ed did, any questions like that, any maintenance issues, any remodeling things you're thinking about, feel free to give me a call today, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We'll be back with this and hopefully some more calls right after this. The Cards and Royals are back at it again tonight. Game two of their three-game series, and you can hear it here. Ameren Pregame Show 520, first pitch 615, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX and KMOX.com. All right, here we go. Hey, um, love doing this. Love filling in for, for Scott Mosby. I'm Rich Orris, filling in today and, you know, just basically doing what I do all week long. You know, if you think about it, going around, visiting people, talking to people, hearing about how they want to change their home or what's going on with their home or, you know, issues they may be having. How can I correct this? Or what's the best way to, you know, do this or that? Um, Just giving that good advice. You know, what I've learned over the years, and I'm sure you have all learned here, you know, listening to uh, Scott Mosby for so many years, you know, just being that advisor, you know, not necessarily knowing the answer to everything, um, you know, the kind of, you you know, a a little bit about a whole lot of different things. and, And so maybe you don't know everything about only a few things, but you can help and just give good advice, get the right direction to educate. And that's, you know, what I do basically all day, every day, helping people out and just trying to get, you know, something really, really good for them. And and when you do that, it, it just pays off. And I think people realize and know that and they kind of go, yeah, they, you know, when someone truly has, you know, your your best interest at heart and you find that out, then you really start to to get down to it and go, you know, that they really are just trying to do really good, nice, wonderful things, you know, for a whole lot of people out there and the right things. So, you know, talking about maintenance and keeping the house up and, you know, that is definitely one of the, you know, most important things that you can do to your home in order to, you know, maintain it and keep it healthy for you and keep it, you know, in in good shape for years to come, you know, as you try and age in place and stay there. And you will need to think about different things on, you know, how high are you stepping over what into the shower? Is it a tub now? And you make it a shower base. Is it a shower base now that it's five or six inches you're going over and, 
you know, maybe there's a lower one we can do where it's just, uh, you know, just an inch or two that you're stepping over. It's amazing the difference that can make, you know, for you as you're getting in and out of the shower, you know, four or five inches doesn't seem that different from, you know, an inch and a half or two inches, but as you age, it can mean, it can mean the world, you know, on, on how you manage and how long you get to stay in your home and how you maintain that. So um, we've got a couple more calls coming in here. So let's go to uh, Tom has some questions about running some cables through a wall. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. So thank you for taking my call. No problem. I'm running some, uh, just have to redo my internet service with the router and that. And I'm wondering, is it okay to run data cables through uh, air vents, both the cold air return and the feed? Um, so I would say um, no on the feed, um, on the actual supply. On the cold air returns, where they go vertically through the wall, the rule is that basically you can go vertically up the wall. You can follow that cold air return from like bottom to top to get from one floor to another. What you want to try and avoid doing is going horizontally across a cold air return where it can catch debris and, and, you know, lint and, you know, different things like that as it's trying to follow through that cold air return. But it is very common that you can do the cold air return up from like the first floor to the second floor or something like that. Okay. And as far as uh, closing <clears throat> closing off the air holes then, you know, uh, is there some kind of special caulk or anything to do for fire stops or anything like that? Or Yes. So there is um, a, you want to look for a fire rated caulk. So yeah, if you drill a hole like through the, from the basement into there and you send that wire through, there is fire rated caulk that um, you, you want to look for that you fill that hole you know, with the wire in it, with that caulk, and it will air stop it, and it will have a long enough burn rating, as the same as what the two by four does, so that it doesn't let fire through it very quickly. So, very okay. good thought well, on that. Yeah, well, great. Well, thank you for the information. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank you for calling in, and and you know you can find that fire rated caulk, you know, at any big box store, um, any any hardware store, or whatever. They're gonna they're gonna carry and and have that stuff for you. So that is definitely a very important thing to do. You want to slow down if anything were to happen. You don't want to let those flames get from one floor to the other through those vents or through any of those areas. They should all be blocked off like that. So let's get to uh, Pam on the on the line here. Pam, do you got a question for us? Hey, I do. We own a condo uh, that was built in probably the mid-'80s, and it's two levels. And our daughter lives in the first floor on the ground level. And so what I'm asking about is some sound dampening between the floors. Now, what we're hearing from the upstairs neighbor is really not anything out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And I think years ago, they used to have like some, I don't know, some rules that, you know, you had to keep carpeting upstairs or something because of that. But now there's nothing. And so they have hard floors, hardwood, tile. And so what we hear is not really out of the nor- ordinary but you can hear it. So is there any kind of sound dampening that we can do between the two? Um, so th- there is uh, several different things that can be done. And it, and it is, depending on how far you go with it, 
really how well, you know, that's going to work for you. Um, there are sound dampening, um, like sheets that go underneath the flooring. Now this you wouldn't do, and they probably wouldn't do now that their floors are done. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there for people to think about in the future. You know, if you're getting a floor like that and there are people below you, you may want to think about, you know, trying to use some of that and that way it's not as loud, you know, for the people downstairs or if you own a home and you're finishing the basement and you're getting new floors on the first floor and someone's going to be sleeping in the basement or something, you know, you might want to consider some of that. So there is like sound dampening membranes that will help, you know, keep that floor a little bit quieter. And these are all steps to get to a a big goal. Um, From the underside, the the biggest problem that you have and, and where a lot of sound comes from is vibration. So, really you're trying to separate some of that vibration as they're walking and that floor hits and pounds and vibrates more of that sound comes through the more connected that floor is to the ceiling you know that's above you so the best way to try and soundproof that is going to be going through like a whole kind of soundproofing system so basically you know using like a soundproofing insulation in between the floor joists. So you're pulling the drywall down, you're insulating it well, and you're putting on like a sound board to the bottom of the floor joist, kind of where your drywall used to be. And that's another layer of like, not drywall, but like a half inch, what they call a sound board that'll help mm-hmm. dampen some of that sound. From there, you put on what what's called an RC channel. It's like a metal channel that screws to the floor joist, and it's it's like basically what it does is it furs that ceiling down about a, a half or three-quarters of an inch, and it creates a space. And it, it basically eliminates some of the ways that your drywall is connected to your floor the floor joist above you. So when you re-drywall that ceiling, you're drywalling – you're attaching it to that RC channel and that RC channel is attached to the floor joist. And what that channel does is it, it gets rid of some of those vibrations. It'll help yeah. break it up to where, and, and I believe, you know, there's a lot of steps there to do, but that RC channel is probably one of the most important ones to helping stop that noise from walking in a flooring from upstairs because it's basically 90% vibration is what you're hearing. So, you know, eliminating that vibration is probably what's going to help the most. And there's also another layer that you can even go that gets even better. Once you do like that soundproofing drywall on top of that RC channel, sometimes they do two layers of that drywall. And what they do is they use like a rubberized kind of silicone type you know, special vibration caulking to glue the two together. And again, that caulking removes a little bit of that vibration again. So there's two layers there. So this can get really, really costly. And it's, you know, it's hard to figure out how many of those pieces do you do or not do that's going to, you know, help you out the most or not in, you know, getting that sound to dampen. But it's a big re-drywalling you know, soundproofing project you're going to be up against. 
Well, and that's kind of what I was asking because I had heard some or read somewhere something about putting you know, a couple layers of drywall up there. But without the RC channel, you don't think that would even do any good? Well, I think it would do good. I just I, I wonder how how much good. So it's going to be okay. like levels. It was kind of like we were talking, you know, about mm-hmm. with Ed, you get what you pay for. Well, if you do a little bit more and a little bit more in each step, you know, adds some money and makes it cost more, but each step eliminates 20% more sound. When you get to the fourth step, you've eliminated 80% of the sound. So, right. I, you know, I don't know that that's an accurate number, but it's just a guide to say the more you do, the more it's going to work. You know, and, and mm-hmm. so it's what you don't want to do is go halfway and be like, oh, that didn't really help as much as I thought. That's too bad. <laughs> you know, and now when to go the other half of the way, you got to tear down what you did. Right. You know, to I get that, that channel in there. So so what you could okay. maybe consider is doing like a halfway thing where you just do the RC channel and then you do the two layers of drywall with the sound adhesive in between them. And that may be what helps you without tearing the other layer down and without, you know, doing the insulation and stuff like that. But there's all these choices to how far do you take it. And, you know, I would recommend trying to find out, well, how much does each layer cost? Like, how how much am I going to pay for this to go 100%? How much am I going to pay to go halfway? And how much do we guess it's going to work and what's worth it? Well, and I thought that um, I would start in the bedroom area, you know, with nothing else being on the ceiling and that sort of thing, and then see how much that helped (laughs) before tackling any of the other areas. Yes. Nope. That is a great idea. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much. That that really helped. Yeah, no problem, Pam. Thank you for calling in. Another great question from the KMOX community out there. We've got... So much going on around St. Louis and so much outreach here. So if you're like Pam, if you're like Ed and Ann and Tom and all these people, you got anything going on like that, you know, let's just kind of discuss it. Let's talk it out and see if we can get something that maybe maybe helps you out a little bit. So um, you can reach me, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We got our last break of this hour here, and we will be right back after that. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Rich Joris here filling in today for Scott Mosby. We got a lot going on. We got a lot of calls happening and uh, so we're going to get straight to Lori over here. Has a roofing question for us. So, Lori, how can we help you? Well, thanks for taking my call, first of all. Thank you for calling. Uh, well, I'm in the process of getting a new roof in the next four or five weeks. And something came up that confused me because, first of all, it's not something I'm familiar with. Of course, I could be confused anyway. <laughs> but in... Talking about the different materials, um, I was told that I presently have what I think are called turtle vents on my roof. Okay. And there's eight, there's eight of them. And uh, the person that was going over the material said that there's now something, I think it's, it's called a roof vent, that would replace the need for having those. And uh, that they 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna really sound out of my element here, but sure. that they vent on an angle, and that the roof allows that cap allows for the heat to escape from your crawl space or your attic space in your house. And I thought, well, I don't know much about it, but I'd like to find out about it. These, by the way, all these turtle vents are on the back of my ranch style house. Okay. And so. I'm just in a dilemma for a couple of reasons. One, should I just stick with the the turtle vents? And two, they want to charge an extra $1,200 to put the roof vent on the on the very top of of the yes. house itself. Yep. So I'm I'm kind of wondering what the pros and cons are before I spend that kind of money. Yes, no, absolutely. I can certainly help you out with that a little bit here, um, uh, Lori, for sure. So, um, so quick, quick question for you, and you may not know this, um, but so on your your ranch style house, um, do you, do you have uh, what we call gable vents on the ends of the of the walls, like where the roof comes up to a point on the sided wall? Do you have square or rectangular or triangular vents on the actual wall of the home up high? I do. There's one on each end. Yes. Okay. So so that plays key in with that um, this new vent that they're offering to use. Um, so it, and so that new vent is called a ridge vent. It goes right on top of the actual ridge, and that is a great vent. It is a great thing to do. It will work better than those turtle vents or pan vents or static vents or what they're really called. Um, the, the, it will let more air out of the roof easier, you know, with that ridge vent. Um, the, mm-hmm. the issue with the ridge vent, the only downfall you're going to have other than it costs more is those gable vents are up high and really close to the sides of the house. So that ridge vent when it comes across, it will get very close to that gable vent. And right now that turtle vent is kind of far away from it. So right. that gable vent is supposed to help exhaust some air out of your attic. And what happens with a ridge vent is when they do that ridge vent and they get rid of those turtle vents, it can actually turn that side gable vent into an intake and it will get air from the side of the house and not from down low where it should. And Mm. the the only thing you need to do and the roofing company may be able to do this for you. Um, If not, you can probably find a handyman or something like that, or even call Mosby building arts. We can do even something this simple as someone needs to go up inside that attic and they need to block off those gable vents from the inside. You can do that with like some, some foam insulation, like the sheeting, If it comes Uh in like four by eight sheets, you cut it a little bit bigger than that vent. You nail it around that, you know, vent to the, to the wall itself from the inside. So you don't have to change the look of the outside of the house, but you can stop air from coming into there. And once you do that, that ridge vent will be the best thing that you can do for, for your roof and for venting. It will let more air out from more places in way better. They're, they're definitely true on that, but I, I urge you to find somebody to block those gable vents for you. Well, may I ask a question so that I'm on target with the information that you're you're giving me? Those gable vents, if I'm understanding on the each end of my house, 
they're they're down actually in the brick, and uh-huh. they're round. They're they're probably about a a foot or so in diameter. Sure. And they sure. have levers on them like a shutter. Yep. That's the same thing. That is the same thing, and all you need to do is block that from the inside. And stop that air from coming through it, and that ridge vent will be the best thing that you can do. So, um, unfortunately, I'm running out of time here on this oh. break. If you need any more information, if you want to hold the line while we're on the break, you could do that, and we can get back to it a little bit more. No, but I think I have a little more information, and thank you so very much. Very welcome. Very good. And we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> 